What's up, y'all? It's Deagene, and welcome to the Memorial of a Shy Black Girl, Season 2, Episode 2. Welcome to the memorial of a shy black girl. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If it's not your first time and you're an OG, welcome back. I'm very, very excited to have all of you here and listening. Um, And I'm also really excited for today's topic. Um, But before I get into it, I just wanted to reflect and say that honestly, with having my podcast and with having like these diary entries as I call them, um, like truly, truly, it's something that's so, so, so special for me. And I don't know, when I was getting ready to hop on the mic, I was just thinking like without my podcast and without like a space that I've created to just talk and share my thoughts and feelings and all of those things, like I don't know um, where I would do that. And I don't know how I would do that. I don't know what I would do without my podcast and without um, y'all who listen and who support me and who, um, yeah, who just really support me and just listen and can relate. I hope y'all relate. Um, And so, yeah, I just, I want to say thank you to those that listen and um, I appreciate all of you so, so much. I love all of you so, so much and you guys truly truly are amazing and I just thank you so much because sometimes I'm like dang I don't even know if my um if my topics are that interesting or if like my 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 entries be long and it'd be 50 minutes or longer and they'd be like dang like are you talking for so long and so sometimes I'd be feeling like ah, people are not really gonna listen or fully listen all the way through because it's too long or it's not interesting but Um, I think that's something that I have to just get over and just like the feeling of like part of me, like with uh, having my podcast, like I want people to listen because like I'm literally putting it out for people to listen. But then when people who know me or who are my really good friends and or people like just find my podcast and they they know me, excuse me, and they want to listen, I literally I'm like no don't listen like you're not allowed which (laughs) I find it funny at first but now when I like when I actually really think about it it's like Deagene it's like why it's like why do I do that I don't know I think it's just um a confidence thing that I have to work on and like being confident in where I stand what I say the beliefs I hold to be true um and just confident in myself um and confident that those people are asking me about my podcast because they really care and they really want to listen and knowing that and I do know that but sometimes I just be in my head and I just um I just let that kind of dictate how I respond or I don't know how I view my podcast so um yeah I just wanted to do that initial little like reflection because um I'm realizing that like I really need to be confident in like what I'm putting out um confident in my podcast and if people find it they find it and even me sharing it too like and be confident that like no one's gonna look at me differently or anything like that it's it's something that's special for me and um yeah so thank you for all of you who listen um shout out to my OG friends here in college I love you guys so so much that listen um and so yeah 
Um, so basically, um, oh, I guess little updates too. I'm not sick anymore, which is really, really, really great. I was hacking up a lung. As y'all know, if y'all listen to my other diary entry, it was bad. It was really bad, but your girl's doing better, um, better than ever. And, um, yeah, but now one of my friends, he's sick and, um, I have a feeling I gave it to him because I had the cough and I had the flu and he had the same thing, so... I feel bad and so um yeah but so it's just sick season it's really it's really sick season so hopefully if we stay healthy through finals and everything we will stay healthy through finals um and so yeah but I've just been chilling and busy with midterms which are stupid and poop they suck um but I took my physics midterm last week and your girl aced it um, I hate physics <laughs> so much, but I did get on my midterm. I had my biopsych in uh midterm yesterday, and I think I did good on that too. Um, I have my biostats midterm next week, y'all. They're killing me. They're killing us with these midterms. Really, every single week for the past like six weeks, I've had a midterm. It's crazy, but um, yeah. So those are all the updates. Um, but basically today's diary entry um I this year I've had the absolute 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 privilege and blessing of being able to be a part of um the community empowerment activist cohort um I think number four I think we're four five I don't know I think four or five um this year and basically it's a social justice oriented class and we do um, we have a class every week and we basically build together radical love, um, revolutionaries, um, a revolutionary energy, um, and just ultimately just really, really curating, um, and reimagining a just world. That's kind of our slogan. That's our, um, core principle. And, um, along with that, we also have internships. And so I've been interning with my girl, my absolute favorite. She's my bestie for real. I have been interning with, um, my best friend. She's literally bestie. Um, I've been interning with her at NMT, which is called No More Tears. It's basically a nonprofit organization that was started by the name, his name is Lonnie Morris. I adore Lonnie so, so much. I adore him. He was a um, ex-convicted um, incarcerated persons, and he was incarcerated for, I think, over 20 years, and um, he recently not recently recently but within the past few years he was released and so he has been doing amazing work um, with starting this nonprofit organization and the core of it is to basically um, walk with incarcerated men um, through the through their walk of redemption and healing and um, re-entry into society and really just building with them and allowing them to learn from their mistakes, allowing them to appreciate themselves again, allow them to learn how to love themselves again after um, being incarcerated, after going through what they've been through, learning to love their community, learning to love those who've harmed them, who've wronged them, and giving back in a way that is not violent, but in a way that is healing and uplifting and loving. And so... That is the core principle of NMT, and it's been an absolute blessing to work with them. Um, specifically, my role has been working within the database. Um, my bestie and I, my bestie Bob and I, have been um, working on creating a, a database, basically, for those returning back into society, so being released soon, um, and creating a database that... Um, will basically hold all their information so their family contact um, parole officer all of those things that are really really important the needs that they have such as groceries or um, body care any of those things um, as they're re-entering as well as like um, employment and just things like that just things that are necessary for you to function and operate um, 
healthily and well um, in society and today. So, um, yeah, and so it's been a really, really, really amazing experience. And within uh, CEA, we've had amazing, amazing speakers that have come. One of my favorite, favorite speakers was Dusty Muhammad. I'm not sure if I mentioned her in my one of my other diary entries, but um, her soul and her spirit was just so healing. She played the harp. It was my very first time ever hearing her play the harp, and it was really, really like life changing. And I really love the harp, <laughs> and I'm actually finding I, I really, really love the harp. So, um, but she was just an amazing, amazing woman, or she is, and she was an like her spirit is just. I could listen to her talk for hours. <laughs> her voice is just so sweet and so just calming, and it was like a blanket like truly and I could listen to her speak for hours I don't want to say nothing I just want to listen to her over and over and over again and so she was amazing um so she was one of my favorite speakers but as of recently we had the privilege of having Lonnie and then um a another um um, previously incarcerated person his name is Anthony and um we had both of them come in on different days it was like Lonnie came in one week and then the next week um so this past week we had Anthony um and they basically just shared their experiences it was raw it was so truthful about their healing process and about the things that they've learned um about the ingrained trauma and the ingrained um baggage that the black community is carrying around lugging around the violence in our communities um my bestie bop she just came from home i want to say two days ago um because she lives in oakland and so she goes back and forth and so she was visiting her family and she was doing an interview for one of her classes and she said that there was so many shootings on that day um when she went back so many shootings that day and she was like it's like i mean part of her of course is not surprised because it's something that you get used to, which is another source of trauma for the black community. The fact that um, the fact that we get so used to just being in that environment, an environment that thrives off of violence and uh, chaos. And so part of her probably doesn't even find it to be surprising, but also part of her was she was just expressing her sadness and just expressing just her disappointment. And it's, it's scary. And so, um, basically, they just reflected on all of those things and the ingrained trauma, the ingrained, um, the work that we honestly have to do in order to heal from all of it. And so, I just wanted to kind of share some of their pockets of wisdom and just reflect on them myself because I really, really, really thought that they were really important and, um, I know a lot of us don't consider ourselves to be, like, social justice like um like diehards like change agents and radical like agents and love partners and all those things but I think and even if you don't consider yourself to be um in that position or if you just haven't found your your place in it all um that's okay but I invite you to be open and I invite you to really 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 just listen and try to relate um to these pockets of wisdom and um I wanted I really want to share just kind of what I take from it and even though it's not something that um you maybe are super super connected with maybe you haven't had to connect with it or maybe you don't know how um I find and I'm I'm still in that position I please I have I do not have it figured out at all at all but um what I find is what I found is that by listening to them and sitting with them and listening to their their stories and there's a power in telling your story there's truly truly a power of telling your story and telling about who you are where you've come from um what makes you you that is what is really really important um and that is how you truly truly know the person that you um are talking to that you're sharing space with and so just by me doing that and by us doing that, I found that that was one of the greatest modes of me being or trying to be a change agent and 
a radical love partner to the world and um, just hearing and being open, excuse me, to their, I'm like, I have burps and hiccups, <laughs> sorry, um, but just being open to um, their story and hearing from them, that was one of the, the greatest things that I could have done and that's one of the greatest things that we could do, that we can do, um, is just learn and listen. And so, um, during Lonnie's, um, I guess, meeting with us, uh, when he came to say what's up, um, he, first of all, okay, Lonnie is literally one of the funniest people ever. He's so goofy. Um, he, he just had a birthday and he literally is like, like, like a grandpa from another dimension. He's absolutely and if he heard me call him a grandpa he'd probably be like dang I'm not that old but he's just such an amazing mentor he's so warm and so loving and he's so incredibly hilarious and funny and he's just he's truly an amazing spirit and an amazing soul he's so giving he's so just like so selfless and he's truly truly an amazing person to give y'all some context about Lonnie and that isn't even that doesn't even do him justice but he's truly truly an amazing 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 person and so um something that he kind of started with was just the idea of um just him coming from his background and you know being incarcerated and having done something that he wasn't necessarily proud of and something that he had to go away for um he was reflecting on the fact that all of us cause some sort of harm whether it be big or small and um and within that um it doesn't have to be necessarily a crime um or something that is something that is i guess something that would get you um into trouble in terms of law enforcement it could just be any little harm that we that we cause to people that we cause to the world um whether it just be with us just our existence and global warming and um how we interact with people how we talk to people things that we say Sometimes we let our feelings kind of dictate what we say. Sometimes we're thinking, sometimes we're not thinking. Just different things. Um, or some people may feel forgotten. Or There's always going to be some sort of harm that we're going to be causing, whether it's big or small. And it's not intentional a lot of the times, I don't think. And I think it's something that we can't control, but instead be very mindful of in order to try to prevent and reduce the amount of harm that we create um, as much as we can. Even though it's it's inevitable, um, being aware of that and knowing your place um, within it all and wanting to actively um, build and create um, the opposite of harm and build and create love and security and community and support, that is those are the greatest the greatest things or some of the greatest things to counteract the harm that we create and um he also was just reflecting on the fact and I wrote down that like within the harm that we create within the work that we're doing in order because we are doing the work um actively to try to reduce that harm that we are creating or counteract it um we when we see things happen within life we can either be stagnant or we can take action we can either be passive or we can take action and i think sometimes um it can be being stagnant and being passive can come from a place of fear um not knowing not hope not knowing how to um just not knowing how to like not you not knowing how to think about issues like this um, because the world and people around us love to tell us how we should think about things. Um, but I want all of you to know that like how you think about things and, and the way in which you process life and 
um, all of the problems that we talk about within society, the things within your life, it's natural and it's so special to you. And don't let anyone tell you that how you're processing it, how you're thinking of it is wrong. Um, because we're so different and we're not meant to all fit in one bubble. We're not all meant to think the same way, think um, in the same dimension. Um, we're meant to be thinking a million things at once in different um, contexts and in so many different ways because that's how when we come together we collaborate and then we're like wow I didn't even think about that or wow you said that and I was thinking this or were we thinking the same thing like that's that's how new ideas that's how community is built through the formation of knowledge um, or communal knowledge and really really pouring and outpouring um, knowledge love and acceptance into the community that you're trying to build and so I think thinking about fear and its place and like social justice and movement work um, it comes from like not knowing how to interact with um, the things at hand the, 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 the problems at hand the people but I also think it just comes from fear of saying something right or saying something wrong um and I also think it comes also from fear of sacrifice um something that a question that he mentioned was what am I willing to sacrifice he was saying that because within movement work and within not even if you even if you don't consider yourself to be a change agent or um a revolutionary and you're just you're like you just I'm just you're just like I'm just a person just a human being um within within our existence um something that he the question that he raised was like what are you willing to sacrifice because I feel uh, the majority of us want to see justice we want to see um people getting equal opportunity we 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 don't want to see people houseless we we don't want to see people without health care we don't want to see people going hungry around the world we don't there's so many things that we don't want to see problems within immigration problems within our governmental infrastructure so many within our education systems within um child care within um our youth within um our communities in terms of violence or so many different things that we don't want to see and we instead we want to see justice within every single one of those things um we have to think of the question of what are we willing to sacrifice and i think there's fear in that because i think when we think about sacrifice it's always has, it always has a negative connotation um but like coming from a background of christianity and just thinking about the word sacrifice it's it's something that's supposed to hold power it's something that's supposed to mean something so 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 special and 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 so powerful that you're sacrificing that thing not because you can never go back to it and not because it's something that needs to be snatched or taken away from you but it's something that you want to give and you want to give of yourself um in order to in order for those around you to benefit in order to pick up somebody else in order to allow those around you to really 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 um like rise and shine their light in the best way that they can and so the question of like what am I willing to sacrifice I think and fear I think go hand in hand because I think the connotation that we've created surrounding sacrifice and oh you have to give up something it's something that you can no longer have and it's 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 selfish and you shouldn't have to do that because no one else is doing it but it's also a question of like just because no one else is doing it, are you not going to do it? Because sometimes it just takes one person to do it. Everyone's looking at it. And I'm guilty of it, too, just in different things within, like, within the day. Like, even if it's, like, speaking, for example, in class, and I know the answer. Or, I don't know. I'm just going to use that example. In class, and I know the answer. I'm going to wait for somebody else to talk first and say it first to see if it's right or wrong. And then I'll say it. So, it's like we're always waiting for somebody else to do it because we're afraid to be wrong we're afraid of embarrassment whatever it may be we're we're afraid to be uncomfortable so we're always waiting for somebody else to say it but if we continue to wait we're going to be waiting forever 
and the issues at hand and the justice that we want to see it can't wait forever because people are dying people are going hungry people are truly truly suffering all around the world all around our world and if we're not willing to sacrifice something and um for them in order to raise them up and in order for them to see justice the true justice that we always talk about then we're not doing anything and um other points that he kind of brought to that was like what are you sacrificing for because it's important to know what you're willing to sacrifice but it's also important to know what are you sacrificing for and what are you like what are you sacrificing so again what are you willing to sacrifice and what are you sacrificing for because what you're sacrificing for is what's going to be that driving force to to keep you going and to keep you um going and sacrificing that thing and so you and so all of those things were just really really important that i that i thought that he mentioned um because they go hand in hand knowing what you're willing to sacrifice but also knowing the people or the thing the community that you are wanting to sacrifice for because they're going to be your driving force or it's going to be your driving force um Something else that he also talked about was just an understanding. Um, It's important to understand that, like, specifically in this case, um, within the black community, there's so, so, so much violence. Within the community of color, there's so, so much violence and such a divide. And we're killing our own people. Truly, we are murdering our own people. And it starts with an understanding that there is a huge problem. It starts with acknowledging that there's a problem as black people and as non-black people, but especially as black people, because something that we talked about, um, not in his class, but something that we were talking about before in another class with another speaker was that it takes the people who are experiencing it. Yes, it takes outside hands, but it truly, truly takes the people who are experiencing the oppression, who are experiencing whatever it may be, um, what some kind of injustice it takes the people experiencing it to make the change it takes them to look to it takes them to do the work that is needed to see that change to do some introspection some reflection look in the mirror and truly truly say like it's me it's us that needs to change this because if not it's going to continue going the way it is and in this case, um, black men within the within the black community are killing each other, and it's gang affiliated a lot of the time. Um, it's the eye for an eye mentality, and of course, when it comes to your family and to those who are very very close around you, you're gonna ride for them. You're gonna ride for them a hundred percent, but. It, there's also a point I think to where the eye for an eye mentality goes too far and I think what we're seeing even we saw with um um oh my gosh takeoff from Migos who was murdered for no reason at all over a dice game for no reason and that's not to say he was murdered by a fellow black man we don't know who he was murdered by as far as I know but just the violence that the the uncalled for violence for no reason um it has to end and it's it's something that is truly it is something and one of the biggest things that's eating at our community and our community is just it's it's eating and eating and eating and just feasting on our community and there's not enough of us doing enough about it and I think establishing that understanding that there is a problem and also establishing like the understanding that like what is my role in this what can I do in order to begin to see that transformation especially as people of color especially as black people um that's what we have to do and it it can literally start as little as like saying hi to other black people like on campus I 
have been guilty before of seeing another black person, another black girl, another black, just somebody black, whether it's black faculty um, or my fellow classmates and not saying hello. Um, and I would say I, that was more of me last year because I didn't know very many people. And now this year I know more people and um, I have a community this year. But last year that was me and I never said hello really and didn't show up to BSU events very much and wasn't actively showing the support of my black community. And that goes against everything that Lonnie was talking about and that I'm even talking about right now. Um and so, like, there's an importance in showing up and um, just being able to show up in any way that you feel comfortable for your community. That is what's going to allow us to start moving towards that that reimagined just world that we really, really, really um, strive to see, especially within CEA, um, as that's like our, our core belief. And so... Um, Lonnie was just also talking about that within NMT, within the No More Tears organization, when he was still inside, um, they created like healing circles and um, they also did like art. A lot of them rapped. um, So they would write songs and they would write poetry and they would rap their poetry um, about their life, about their experience, about their feelings um, while they were inside. And they would hold them, I think it was every week, and that is how they expressed themselves. That is how they healed um, through these healing circles. And he mentioned that the, the his core focus was to create um, a sense of structure because what he saw and what he found, he said, was that there were so many men of color, so many black men specifically, that just were lost. They didn't really know what to do, where to go in terms of like where to seek that help, where to seek that healing, where to seek that that joy, that love, that nurturing um, spirit that they've lacked for so long, um, which has caused them to result to the lifestyle that they um, had resulted in or had resulting resulted in following. Um, and whether it be from whatever background they've come from, um, many of them broken homes, living on the street, um, not having a father in the house, which is a very, very, very big, big thing. Um, not having that father figure, I can only imagine what that does. And like for me, like I know as a woman of color, um, not having my dad around um, for a while, it's definitely something that I've had to be very, very aware of, and um, just the 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 hold that it can really, really have and take in one's life, especially as somebody who's black um, and a black woman. Um, the hold that that and the effect that not having a father figure in your life, um, actively in your life, can. Um, like the effect and the hold that that can have. And so I've, I've had to be really, really aware of that and make sure that I pour into um, my mom and my grandma and they pour into me and I'm so blessed to have them and my sister and my uncles. Um, and I'm so I'm blessed to have a support system that allows me to not feel um, that void as much, but it's definitely, definitely something that I think about, and it's something I still get emotional about, um, not having that connection with my dad. Um, I was definitely a daddy's girl when I was younger. Literally, I was the biggest daddy's girl. You can tell me anything, and I, like, I was, like, followed him everywhere, um, and then losing that, it's definitely, definitely something that, um, really, really hurt, and it still does hurt, and so, for a lot of them, that was their experience, too, and so, um, it's, it was important for Lonnie to create a sense of structure, and to give them spaces to reflect, and rebuild themselves, and rebuild a structured life that they wanted to live by, rebuild, and incorporate, and create things, um, within their life that they can add to their life, um, within their time inside that they could add to their life and 
learn things and teach things and um, absorb wisdom that they could take with them after they re-enter society. And so um, that was something that he really, really, really wanted to stress because he wanted to level with them. Um, that was one of the biggest things he mentioned that it was important to level. And when you're trying to like help people or you're trying to give back um, to communities, I think sometimes um, we can have the savior mentality. Um, and within that, it can be very, very dangerous because we're not and I and I think too as black people and especially as non-black people for so like white people who look into the black community or communities of color and see like the poverty and see see the poverty that is so prevalent and the incarceration rates and um, just all of those things um, and many more things when looking from the outside in um, there's a lot of like oh we feel so bad or like oh poor them or um, it can become like a savior mentality of, oh, we need to save them. We need to help them because they can't help themselves. And that's not the case at all. We are such, such, such a strong community. Like we, like, we are so, so, so strong as a community, as a race. And so that is not the case. Um, and so I think it's important that he mentioned leveling because, when we are seeking, like, when we're seeking to really, really give back, um, when we're in positions to really, really give back, especially for me, like, being in a privileged position, being able to be going to university and going to a nice university and um, getting an education and um, me being in the programs that I have access to to do the social justice work that needs to be done, um, it's important for me to remember to level with the people that I'm um seeking to help because um I never want it to be a savior mentality because it can because it can be me having that savior mentality even with my own people and something that he said is that everything within the streets have structure and so those who were in gangs or selling drugs or just on the streets um there was structure within the streets um certain gangs don't roll with other gangs um there's rules on the streets, there's, um, there's principles that are lived by on the streets, and so there's, there's structure on the streets. And so something that he said was that he wanted to um, duplicate that same sort of structure that was found on the streets, but duplicate it in a way that was so, so different and stressed healing and power and change and... Um, and, and promoted spaces of healing um, from trauma and all those things and, and, and creating truly, truly like a brotherhood and a bond within, within all of them. And so I think that was one of the most powerful things that he um, said was that he wanted to level with them and that as there was structure, as there is structure on the streets, he wanted to create that same stru structure, but in a different way so that it could allow them to change their mindsets. And I thought that that was something that was really important. And it really, really made, it was a, a reminder to me um, of that savior mentality and making sure that I'm never going into communities and in, into people's homes and hearts um, with that same mentality. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of, really really that's some of the really big things that Lonnie mentioned and um one of the last things he said was your habits are who you are and who you become is who you are and so you the person who you become are like the things that you do your habits are who you become and so um it was just a reminder that like if we're pouring out love if we're pouring out um just spirits of just healing and joy and um community then that's what we're going to receive and that's what everyone is going to want to pour out um but if we're pouring out the opposite of that and that's a habitual thing then that's who we're going to become and that's who the people around us are going to become and ultimately um that's something that um 
is not of course beneficial to the 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 path that we're trying to follow and where we're trying to go and so um that was those are the big things that Lonnie kind of talked about and I I reflecting on them I will never forget those little pockets of wisdom because they're so 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 important so so special and even though again like if you don't consider yourself to be super super involved within movement work or social justice but you're really passionate you just don't know where to start truly just by me listening to his stories and by sitting with those who have had that firsthand experience with depression and incarceration and being houseless or um whatever it may be just sitting with them and hearing their stories that is one of the the most powerful things and best things that you can do is just hear them and truly truly say i see you and acknowledge them because that's one of the most powerful things and so um i really really so grateful for lonnie and he's truly an amazing person um so love lonnie um one of the last things that i kind of wanted to reflect on was which is kind of like the basis of this diary entry um I wanted this diary entry to kind of encapsulate the title of Silence is Sacrificial. Um, During our meeting with Anthony, um, he said the statement, Silence is Sacrificial. And I was like, ooh, I was like, that's a really good, I was like, that's a really good diary entry um, topic and uh, title. So I was like, I'm going to steal it. So I stole it. Um, And basically within his, like within his reflection, he was um it was basically all of the things that Lonnie kind of had mentioned and reflected on but it was heavily 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 focused on the fact that like our fight cannot be seasonal and um within past killings of like George Floyd and Ahmed Arbery or Ahmad Arbery and um so many so many other people who so many other black men and black women who have um died at the hands of police brutality um and so many other things and even back home as well um within Nigeria just the the um the violence that's going on there within the special um or the um the anti-robbery um police squad there SARS and with so with all of the different task forces there and the corruption and the the violence and um there was not too long ago I want to say last year or maybe it was this year but earlier earlier this year um it was this year actually there was a shooting at um one of the churches back home and shooting by their own people um and so many people so many people died and you could just see all of the the blood and um it, it was it was truly truly a really traumatic and really 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 horrific and sad um image to see and sight to see but again that violence um that we see and so um something that he mentioned was that our fight can't be seasonal and wanting us to and us wanting to see equality and to see people thriving and not dying and see people um in a state of 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 truly just like like basic human like necessities and like we're all human beings and we are due to things that shouldn't even be like debated about as human beings and like so so wanting to see like everyone and, and other people also have that too um that sense of privilege honestly because it is a privilege um it can't be seasonal it has to always we always have to constantly be moving towards that even if it's small it can literally be just through acts of kindness just being kind just truly truly being kind acts of kindness to people um smiling at people saying hello waving like we don't know how how much of an impact that can have on someone's day. Someone could be having the crappiest of days, and by you smiling at them or saying hello, um, complimenting them, it can literally change their entire entire day, their entire week, just from that little comment. And so we don't know the power sometimes that we can hold in really making people feel special and making them feel whole again. And something that he also talked about was like, 
we always talk about like the the metaphor of like the seat at the table and he mentioned that like we always we've constantly been a fight to get a seat at that table but instead why don't we create our own table um why don't we break their table and we create a table for us and for ourselves that is built on all of the things that we've been working towards and um all of the all of the beliefs and all the things that we hold to be true and so um it's just and 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 another thing that he mentioned lastly was just that um our vision is limited to what we see and so a community injured from trauma and so and so he one of the last things he said is that vision is limited to what we see and um the community is injured from the trauma not just the people it includes and so um we can't distance ourselves from these issues and from our community that's going through it because as it's affecting the people who are directly involved in it it's affecting the community because for example in terms of violence within the black community the violence that we're seeing the bloodshed that we're seeing it affects everyone it affects mothers it affects the youth the strongest people that it affects i believe it to be the youth and the youth are too 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 important like the passion i have for the youth and for kids it's too 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 important and so to me that is one of the 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 biggest groups affected are the youth and seeing the bloodshed growing up with that violence what that does to them mentally so psychologically emotionally um like some of them i think anthony said that he saw his first um he saw his like someone get killed for the first time when he was like eight and so seeing that and growing up with that like that's something that that's something that you can never forget and that's something that you will you will remember and just live with and continue to to have that image in your mind and that does something to you psychologically and emotionally especially as a as a, as a kid especially as a kid and as a a kid of color, a black man or a young black boy or a young black girl and growing up into a a black man or a black woman. And so it's really, really, really important to remember that it's not just the, these things don't just affect the people who um, are directly involved, but it affects the entire community. Um, and it affects, so it affects everyone and it affects especially, especially the youth. Um, because they are the new generation. They're going to be the ones to grow up and continue to carry on our legacies and continue to carry things on. And so we don't want them to carry on the violence and the bloodshed and the eye for an eye mentality. We want them to carry on love and community building and hope and joy and success and wisdom and all of those things. Peace. We want them to carry all of that on. We don't want them to carry on the chaos and the violence and the bloodshed and the, the tears and the loss and the, the guilt and the um, trauma, all of those things. We don't want them to carry that on. And so um, we just have to be really, really cognizant of that. And also to his point of our vision being limited to what we see is that we can't turn our eyes anymore. Like we cannot turn a blind eye Um to these things anymore but also too again like our vision is limited to what we see and so I think something I'm trying to remember specifically what he was referring to when he said this but I think it was um a lot of times like they have visitors come into the prisons and specifically the prison that he was um that he was in was San Quentin and um Basically, as they would have, like, visitors come in, um, like, bigger or not big, big groups, I'm assuming, but, like, just groups of people coming in. And I'm actually supposed to also go um, to San Quentin very soon with my CA cohort and see one of the healing circles facilitated and meet some of the guys inside. And it's going to be a very, very powerful and, I think, emotional day for sure. I'm very excited. I am a little nervous. Um, but... I'm very, very, very excited. Um, it's just a new environment. And so, um, but I'm, I'm excited. And so 
as they would have groups like that come in, um, but groups more with ill intentions, like more intentions of like seeing like where their money is going or, you know, like, oh, this is, or not even to see where their money is going because they don't even have like the policymakers and like people who actually um, are allocating specific funds to certain things specifically like our industrial complex they're not necessarily coming in to see where their money's going and the the um the what is it called and the um the oh my gosh i'm forgetting but basically like the like how the living conditions that's what i'm trying to say um like they're not seeing the conditions in which like their money is going to and how the um incarcerated people are like living and like the lack of so many things of sanitation and just a lot of a lot of different things and there is so many people in San Quentin who are getting um COVID for a while and they're so they're not even seeing it themselves but as they would have groups come in um it was more of like they're just seeing what they're seeing like so they're just seeing like men who are behind bars who are incarcerated they're assuming that it's because they did something really bad um and like that's what they that's the only thing that they're seeing but they're not seeing like the healing circles and the basketball team and san quentin like the, the, the san quentin warriors and if y'all haven't seen the documentary it's called cue ball it's on youtube it is literally one of the best documentaries I've seen. It's absolutely amazing, but it's about the basketball team that's at San Quentin and how talented, absolutely talented, so many of those men are. And they literally had the Golden State, some of the Golden State Warriors players come. They have outside teams come to play them because that is how good they are. And so they're not seeing that. They're not seeing the healing circles, the how intelligent those men are um, and all of like the and, and introspection that they're doing. Um, as well as like all the work that they're doing with each other um, to really, really become better men. Like they're not seeing any of that. They're just seeing them behind bars and just making their assumptions and allowing those to kind of just run rampant. And they're not even like being open. Well, I can't say it for sure, for sure, but I'm assuming that they're not even really being open-minded to the fact that like they're seeking redemption and they want to create a good life for themselves and they should be allowed to have a good life um and so yeah um but I I just I think both having both Anthony and Lonnie come um speak to us was something really special um and even looking back at my notes and like reflecting with y'all like it's something that I'm like wow like truly that's all I can say is like wow truly wow because it's 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 so hard and the fight is really exhausting especially for those who are on the front lines and like it's it's hard it's really really hard to constantly be pushing back against the system be pushing back against the people who want to continue to uphold this system that is literally, literally killing your people and to continue to be shut down over and over and over again. But you continue to push. And just reflecting on that, it's it's truly crazy, but it's people like Lonnie and Anthony that are truly, truly, truly blessings from above and who are truly doing such amazing work. And even Isabel um, and just everyone everyone a part of nmt and so um yeah so that's basically kind of all i wanted to kind of reflect on for this diary entry um just because i really thought it was a really really um important and really like special like conversation um that I really wanted to have with all of y'all because it was really um it was eye-opening and it was just like really it was just a really big reminder to me a really really big reminder to me of a lot of things and um as it was a big reminder to me excuse me I really wanted to um share that with all of you as well and so um 
yeah so i think that that concludes um this diary entry (laughs) and i love you guys so 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 much i hope that you were able to relate somewhat with this diary entry um and just listen and um just regain or gain some power and strength to um keep fighting or start can join the fight um and just push back in the way that you feel most comfortable and it can just truly start with this kindness um how you react to people how you interact with people how you think about people um it can truly just change with you and it can start with you and then once you feel comfortable enough to branch out then you can start branching out and truly seeing like where you can spread your wings and so um yeah so i love all of y'all so 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 much i hope all of y'all are doing so incredibly well if y'all are in college um i'm praying for all of y'all y'all are gonna be okay we're gonna get through midterms we're gonna get through finals if you're in high school you're gonna get through finals um it's all gonna be great and if you're not in school lucky you because (laughs) i'm dying low-key it's taking me out it's taking me out but today's friday and i don't have classes on fridays so it's kind of nice it's kind of nice and after this i am hungry (laughs) so i'm getting food and then i low-key need to do my laundry but I'm also supposed to start studying for my biostatics exam next Thursday. <sighs> Bruh. Every time I just, like, think about something, like, I have to do or, like, just think about life, I just, like, I just sigh. Like, that's all I can do. I, I've, the amount that I sighed this week, I couldn't even tell you. That's how many times I sighed. Like, I, mm-mm. it, yeah. But we're going to get through it. It's okay. It's all right. Oh, today, y'all, today we have a tip-off for our basketball team because basketball season's starting. <sighs> I'm kind of excited. I'm not going to lie. It starts at 8. I'm supposed to go with my roommate, and it's going to be fine. Oh, well, my roommate and I think the rest of my friend group may come. I'm going to make them come. I'm going to drag them. I'm going to drag them so they are coming. Um, So, yeah, we're supposed to go to that, and that should be that should be fire should be fire and there may or may not be a cutie on the basketball team okay so i may or may not see him okay so i'm kind of excited about that too but um yeah so <laughs> i hope right why am i like this anyways um i love all of y'all so 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 much and i hope all of y'all are doing really well i already said all this <laughs> see i just Y'all, my brain is not here. I'm just, I don't know. I'm in the clouds. I'm in the clouds. I'm in the clouds. But, um, oh, also, I really like um, this diary entry song, Happy Hour by Odunsey. You need to download it right now. Do it now. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. I Happy Hour. Oh, stop. It's so good. Like, I just need to add. I had to just add that in. I had to say that because i'm like i'm literally smiling ear to ear at the fact that y'all are finna hear this song like (laughs) it's so good okay anyways i'm gonna get off now because i am seeing the time on this diary entry this i think is my longest one i need to stop talking and let y'all go so yeah but i love y'all so 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 much and um i hope you're showing yourself so much love so much care um remember you are beautiful you're handsome you are worthy you are amazing you're smart you're so you you are so smart you are intelligent like you are so smart you don't even know how smart you are you are so 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 well deserving incredibly deserving of everything and anything you can do and do whatever you set your mind to and i'm so so proud of you if no one has told you that they're proud of you I am so proud of you. I'm giving you a virtual hug. Does that make sense? Virtual. Is this virtual? I think it is. I'm giving you a hug. Okay. And yeah. So I love y'all so, so much. And I will talk to y'all very, 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 very soon. Bye.